It yeah. is a good page. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Had a whole weekend talking about that, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Hi, Julia. Hi. Welcome back. Thank you. From the tropical storm Hazel or... Whatever her whatever. country name was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Causing problems for my airplane flight. <laughs> and Blair Speed. Hi. Hi. How was the drive yesterday? It was pretty great. There was a good um, DJ mix on, so... Nice. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. You have high quality so playlists. Exactly. You do. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate that. We had a total dance party the last two hours yeah. driving. Yeah. It was pretty fun. It was good. After a, after a kind of a heavy podcast, we had to stop. Yeah, we listened to Grayson in Boston. Boston. Yeah. yeah. We, like, how phenomenal are yeah. they? Uh, Just like the uh, depth of what they are. Oh, my goodness. I mean, you're listening to Boston. I'm like, you're 25. That's... Not totally at all where I was at that age. Yeah. Like just the absolute sort of maturity, how articulate Big time. that both of them were when speaking. Mm-hmm. And the openness and sort of exploratory nature of their... But, and we talked about that, though. You become who you have to be to survive. Yeah. You know? And that was asked of them. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yep. And then, and now... Being able to help others is pretty special also. Big time. That, um, I looked up a, couple, a little bit of the um, the Knights sort of uh, okay. program yep. um, that, that they're involved in. And it just seems really cool. I mean, I, I just love the idea of like, eight-year-old kid, here you go, here's a piece of rope. Yeah. 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 It's hatchet. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Spend, I guess intentional spend, hatchet. Spend, not spend the night out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Which at eight, I don't think I was quite ready for, even though I've been out and about since I was quite a bit younger. Completely. I think that would have freaked me out quite a bit. Yep. Yeah. Confrontation with myself that I wasn't ready for until. In the dark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the woods. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Um,. So we were we'd been talking. There's a I don't know sometime last week, um, just outside of Glacier National Park. Oh yeah. Older lady got uh, got a et in her tent. Oh yeah. Dragged yeah. out of her tent. My mom they, made sure she texted me that. Oh, I bet she. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Parents yeah. parents are about mm-hmm. that. Um, and uh, and it's you know it's funny. I mean they got the yesterday there was an article yesterday because they got the, they found the bear. They think they found the bear. They set some traps and you know they're not sure it's the one they need to check the DNA, et cetera, um, see if they shot the right one. Mm. Um, but the, that, uh, and it might have been a nuisance bear because, I mean, they were camped in the town park. I mean, it's a small town. For sure. Right, but. It's uh, Montana. But it's Montana. Yeah. And it's like, this is their place. Yeah. Y'all are trespassing, even mm-hmm. if you're from California and you think you have the right <clears throat> to just, you know, be wherever you want. I said it. Felt good, didn't it? <laughs> it did. It felt fucking good. <laughs> but it, but like when I first read the article, I was like, oh my god, someone got dragged out of their tent. The bears are being more aggressive. And then you know the bear did a drive by or a walk by earlier, and then it said the two women they were that the the one 
um, and like has two tents and two people in one and one person in another. And it said something about, so they, they noticed the bear and some snuffle off guessing around, you know, mm-hmm. like, it, and then, uh, um, and so they, they, uh, after the bear left, they scared it off, you know, with some loud noises or whatever. But the, so the bear left and, and so then the article read, so the women removed the food from their tent and, mm-hmm. you know, stashed it. I'm just like, that's not a new, you're just, it's like, it's, it's like a snack bar. Yeah. There's a whole protocol, even if you're in town. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're in town, you're in the park, you're still outside. Completely. And, uh, yeah. You have to pay attention. I mean, at home. It's either raining or it's not, or it's hot or it's not. I don't have to worry about bears or weather systems. So then I come out Except here. for hazel. You, exactly, or, yeah. But they, we get like a week heads, heads up, up with those, yeah. you know. It and doesn't like, change in 20 minutes. Yeah, I'm, you know, everybody's just making sure they have gas for the generator. And the two essentials in the South are milk and bread. Well, of course. I'm okay. not exactly sure why those are so essential. But those are the things but that disappear from the first store thing shelves. off the shelves. Natural light goes next. No, I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> <laughs> just, but yeah. wait, so milk? So you're going to lose power? So why would you be buying milk? Yeah, and it is when when we <laughs> lose. Know, it's just going to it's going to go bad. <laughs> when I'm you have the like, milk contest when it rolls in. <laughs> yeah, the gallon oh, milk. The gallon. Oh, hold it down until the storm passes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> said it's, no one ever. I think. And when the weather goes out, or the weather, when the power goes out with the tropical weather in the south, yeah. it is miserable because it oh, like the storm rolls through, the humidity doesn't leave. You get like that tail end, yeah. like just stifling humidity. I mean, we lost power. When I was young, probably like in my early teens, when Fran came through, yeah. which mm. was like our huge, massive, you know, hurricane, and it spawned all these micro tornado, destructive, you know, systems, and we didn't have, you know, power. And then my dad worked at the power plant, mm. and I remember being so confused. I'm like, can't you just go like to go turn it on? Just dad. go turn it's, it on. Go to work and dad. do the thing. Yeah. yeah, just go flip it on. But the power plant had power. Which still to this day, like I have questions about. <laughs> I have questions, <laughs> but we used to go and take showers there, like in their break room. But it was yeah. miserable. So, so whenever tropical systems come through, I like get annoyed. But they come all the time, though. Yeah. So you're just annoyed all the time. Basically, Julia? I'm going to complain about living in the South every day, and I'm never going to do anything about it. Okay. Yeah. So nice. just you know. Sounds. Be- Hell's back porch, hell's front porch, armpit, whatever you want to call it. Like, it's miserable during the summer. It is. But I'm not, I'm not going to do anything about it except just sit here and complain. But it's still wonderful. It is wonderful. Yeah. It is. The South is wonderful. Yeah. So so that's why that workout's so awful. What workout? The one named Fran. Oh, yeah, yeah exactly. Probably, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, speaking of the South, though, I think I told you this a couple weekends ago. So I went through this ridiculous crisis of self i'm like i am not interesting i'm not you know like my backstory is not interesting you know like lies that's a matter of perspective (laughs) so so ben got you know bless his heart because i'm gonna bless his heart on here (laughs) wait wait you do love the south i do bless his heart bless his heart because he he totally called this so he let he just sat back and watched me pay 99 dollars to spit into a tube and to send it to a place where I opted out for them to keep my DNA and use it for their will. But I wanted... <laughs> they did anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. I mean, 100%. So, it's like the crosswalk button. Yeah, You're exactly. asking, but they're doing what they they're want anyway. They're doing it anyways. Yeah, just on a- <laughs> so spat into the tube, 
paid the postage, mailed it off. Six weeks later, I get an Ancestry DNA report. That was this uh, like the 23andMe one? Yeah, or I think that? I did the Ancestry DNA like okay. because I yeah. bought this big package deal. Anyways, mm-hmm. so and they gave me the results that I 100% knew I was expecting. Like mostly UK, you know, a lot of England, a lot of Scottish, minimal East Germanic, some other stuff. But yeah. like 99% Anglo-Saxon, like from here. And I'm like, man. Wait, I'm fucking Welsh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, man, that's so boring. 99% and Appalachia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. but then one day I was like, yeah, they, all right. They, they, they Appalachia. Uh, Appalachia, Appalachians. Yeah. yeah, well, they just ironed that UK right out of you. Yeah, oh, very much so, very much so. But I, I still wasn't satisfied because I was like, that's not what I'm wanting. Yeah. I want to well, be interesting. Let me, let me shop for answers. Yeah, exactly. Because actually what started this was I watched that Netflix documentary about that English town where they roll the cheese down the the, the hill. Okay. Did you guys see that? It's a big hoop of cheese. No. And for hundreds of years, this town basically bombs down this like 35 degree race. slope yeah, yeah it just gets busted up to see over who can they get. like tomahawk like they yes. like tumble there's no it's like absolutely they don't teach you how to run down it they teach you how to fall down it yeah like they invest into this every year wait so, like, they, so they got the wheel of cheese and then you chase it you on chase foot? it but yeah. it's like a massive block so it's got inertia going down yeah. there's no way you're and gonna it's an catch incredibly it. steep hell like, it's okay. super steep yeah. yeah and they like manicure it for this one thing and i kept and i was like It'd be so freaking cool if I was from that town in England. So the quest didn't stop because I still wasn't interesting enough. So I go and then pay more money. Ben sitting back in the corner observing, which is what he does. And I start doing my ancestry. And I'm like really getting into it. Because if you get the premium package, you can actually get photographs of the gravestones from your ancestors. So I had like, I was pulling in this like. This sounds like a total scam to me. <laughs> no, but it's not. It's actually, it's just AI. You know, it's just, it, but, but somebody goes around and takes pictures of them. Yeah, it's like Google Earth, but for. But for gravestones. Yes. Okay, I'm into this. Okay. That's, yeah. a, that's, a, also, that's a job. Yeah. yeah. So I, mean, I get, I get out on this like, you know, the pedigrees coming down. Yeah. I'm like making all these connections and I'm pulling like Confederate war documents from where my great, 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 great uncle reported to like sit clinic or stuff. It was really kind of cool. Yeah. And so I get down to the end and I'm left still with two things, England and Scotland. So my, from the early 1600s, my dad's side came from uh, Lancashire, England. Okay. Straight to North Carolina. Not up and down, not down and up. They're just Straight like, to North Carolina. Art of Appalachia. Uh-huh, to a three-county area, okay? Both, all of family on that side, Revolutionary War, War of 1812, Civil War. So I was stoked about that. I was like, that's about as American as you can get. So I'm like, all right, the interest is building. It's building. Yeah. So then I get to my mom's side, and they're from Perthshire, Scotland. Okay. Early 1600s. Thing, same thing straight to North Carolina, to a three-county area. And, I mean, a lot of my ancestors would go and live in Georgia for a while. You'd see, like, a, do- like a marriage well, early document. on, it was kind of hard to get, you know, elsewhere. True, You know, true. when people d- decided to go out west, it wasn't like, hey, put some gas in the car, Marge. Let's yeah. try, you know, You're, I mean, it's like a big fucking deal to leave. It, yeah. it, so, I mean, especially if you've been there for a while. Exactly. <laughs> and so, but they come back and die there. So it would be like marriage certificate, birth certificate, North Carolina, marriage certificate, Georgia, death certificate, North Carolina. I'm like, God, we just freaking can't leave. 
So for the long, so in my search. Do you think they just sat and complained also? Also, About probably. It, you know, it's all, I get it from somewhere. <laughs> so Now that is interesting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so in, in a quest for me to think of a way to become interesting, I actually discovered a lot about myself that doesn't make me interesting. I decide that. I did come to that conclusion. But I actually found out some stuff that gave me clarity about the way that I just am. Like, this is going to sound probably ridiculous to 99% of people, but I know what my dirt and my house smells like. Like, where I grew up, that dirt smells different. doesn't sound ridiculous. That sounds like you're paying attention. Yeah, and I mean, like, I have a thing about dirt and rocks. I just do. Mm. I like them. If I have to ever make, like, make a dating profile or something, which I won't, but, you know, it'd be like, number one, must like rocks and dirt. I mean, because Ben tolerates both wonderfully, you know, my Mm. rock problem and then I'm outside with my dirt problem. But it explained a lot about why I feel so rooted Mm. to where I am. And it's because energetically and from an ancestry perspective, we've never known anything else. And I used to find that I used to think that when you stayed put, that was a display of weakness, Mm -hmm. that it was like, I don't want to leave this comfort zone to go and see and do. But now I look at it and I'm like, ooh, I actually think it's a very specific type of strength because in order for you to create lineage and own land and literally leave something behind that can actually matter, you can't do that without deep roots. So it explains a lot about why, I mean, we'll wander in Rome. I love traveling, but I'm never going to leave that place. Mm -hmm. And home is like one of the things you care most about your family. Oh, yes, definitely. And it, and my dad, dad was a big land farmer growing up, loved it. I mean, we we took like the the government tobacco bailout when I was in my probably early high school and then we sold the farm when I was in college. Mm. I look back and I'm like, man, I really wish that we had have kept. It's a big beautiful piece of property. Um, my dad's like, you know, property taxes. I'm not farming anymore. I'm getting older. You guys are out of the house. But I, I really think that family should hang on to land. Like it shouldn't be if they can. Yeah. yeah. It and oh yeah yeah. So. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. Oh, but it just, it, 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 yeah, it just really made me, for some reason that made me be more okay with myself, with what I consider to be stubbornness, but probably is still stubbornness, but yeah, but like, I'm not leaving here over my dead body kind of thing. Well, you're the only stubborn person in this room. (laughs) So you got that going for you. Man. Oh, Oh, but I think that's like such the journey of self. We like have all of these means of looking outside of ourselves to define ourselves. And then all of a sudden we get to the end. We're like, oh, no, it's in here. (laughs) Crap. (laughs) Ben's like, you just wasted a lot of money. And he's like, no, what did you learn? But you really didn't waste that much compared to like what you could have done. I mean, there's people that buy cars or you know whatever to define themselves yeah it it, but it also my history starts at the dealership exactly i'll make myself interesting by driving around in this thing yeah i identify as this yeah Yeah. i identify as interesting exactly um yeah so that that was a huge like middle of the year crisis that i had it wasn't really last year or yeah, it was yeah. last year, I think. Yeah, I mean, come on, nothing else was inter- going on in the world. <laughs> exactly. <down to> self-crisis. <laughs> Entertainment and, during you know whatever that was last yeah, year. Yeah, 
you know, talking about where I'm from, I've learned and and stubbornness. So, I mean, if you're going to work the land, yes, as a you know, as a thing, that I think a certain stubbornness is required. So I do think that stubbornness is an expression of love, mm. but I think that it can be manipulated easily to fit the definition of whatever you know person wants to use it Mm. yeah but stubbornness will and can result in a good thing Mm -hmm. which is deeper roots and like it it just perseverance yeah it you can learn lessons from just the way that you are and you can also gain love and relationships because of the way that you are or you can lose them yeah it just depends on you know how you decide to define stubbornness. Like, how are you going to use it? Mm-hmm. So I think it's a flavor of love, or it can be a flavor of something bad. I mean, we can have a contest Oh, to see whose head is harder. I'm in on that. Yeah. <laughs> Charlotte <laughs> wins. Oh, well, yes. <laughs> Charlotte's um, so sweet. I... I Okay, so the race, to quote Billy Johnson, the race here is for second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for letting us come on together. Blair's my security oh, blanket. I She's lo- also like my catalyst for things. She makes me think, and I Aww. love it. It was so, You've been out west twice in the last couple of weeks. I have, yeah. So Blair... I mean, so, it was super fun to arrive Aww. last two Saturday evenings ago or whenever yeah. that was. yeah. Like, How so though? Why? Just because the the energy in the house and oh, the yeah. fact that obviously mm-hmm. you two had spent a couple of days sort of journeying physically and in other ways. Yeah, completely. And yeah, it was neat. Oh, well, thank you for coming. Mm-hmm. And then you're welcome. I'm so glad that that salad didn't make you sick. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh my god, <laughs> it was delicious. Dressing was good, Far right? From it, yeah. and that dressing held on for a while. It was oh, it, it was used again on another meal. Nice, yeah. nice, good. Yeah. No, I appreciate. I, and I was like, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll wait a couple months to ask for the recipe. Cute. <laughs> yeah, I'll send it to you. It's an epicurious one that Ben tweaked. Mm. Um, See, I I need to know the tweaks though. Yeah. So I should ask him. Yeah, you can. Gosh. That'd be cool. Me I just and, hate giving him too much credit. About, like, oh. he's not even here for this podcast. Well, you know? But we want to see their dressing <laughs> recipe. <laughs> true. Yeah. And we want it now, yeah. not so, in two months. Come on, Ben. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so I was actually laughing. Dial in. Call in. <laughs> you can be the first caller into the... Uh, well, I mean, this is live, right? I mean, people yeah. are watching on the whatever. So I was texting Josh because I'm staying with Josh. Um, and I was like, hey, just so you know, Ben and Roland can't make it. Stuff came up at work for Ben and he's just going to hang on to Roland. Yeah. And Josh's text back was like, that is so disappointing. And I was like, okay. I'm still coming. Like, yeah. So then I get here and I go upstairs and Michael's like, where's Ben? And I'm like, Ben had to stay at home. Some work stuff happened. He was like, oh, that is such a shame. I was like, Oh, good to see you too. <laughs> Hi. Like, dang it. I'm like, Ben, get out of Salt Lake. You're not even here. <laughs> yeah. No, but it was sad they couldn't come. Ben loves coming here. But Completely. I was excited to meet Roland. Oh, Roland's such a cool guy. It's yeah. okay. We'll bring him out to you. Like, we're the universe doesn't like it when we travel here quickly and stay for short periods of time because mm, stuff yeah. always happens. Completely. So we we're gonna have to come out longer in our own terms than. 
So who's after Hazel H.I.? So Ingrid is going to happen while you're here? Yeah, probably. You won't be able to get home? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I hope it. I don't know. Is that how they do it alphabetically? Yep. Yeah, they do. And I don't don't know if they recycle names until they run out. Because occasionally you'll have like. They retire names if they're, I mean, there will never be another Andrew. Um, yeah, oh, that, that they one. They retire those. Yeah, uh, the ones that are enough. that really kill people. Yeah, <laughs> they, yeah. yeah. Wreck shit. Like jersey. Yeah. It's like, like a don't. jersey in the rafter for the worst thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're gonna retire you right here. All yeah. your accomplishments. Oh, yeah. yeah. Jeez. Oh. Um. Yeah. So been out at West the last couple weekends. Blair so graciously invited me out, and it's wonderful. Oh, uh, it 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 does something to my soul that both completely exhausts me but rejuvenates me at the same time mm-hmm. and so, she took you on runs that were oh she did i can more like up well and cla- <laughs> before we get to the run and cla- well julia doesn't get into like one o'clock in the morning or something That's true. right and so i'm like la, 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 la. she's like i'm gonna go to bed now i was like oh legit okay yeah. <laughs> yeah. so then we wake up in the morning and have coffee and breakfast. But of course, I'm like reading books in the booth to Julia. And we're like both crying. You know, I'm like, ah, classic morning here. <laughs> yeah. when I got in and immediately on the tr- in the, the big bitch on the way back, yeah. um, we immediately start, we start talking about loss and mm. the power of women. Mm. And you said, you correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. that what makes us so powerful is our ability to give birth to life and death. Yeah. And so oh. that's how that trip started. Like, as soon as I got in from the airport, Blair's all wearing her glasses and, like, her jammies. And we're, like, getting straight into, like... <laughs> Driving the big bitch, yeah. which is an impressive fucking it vehicle, is. by the way. I honestly didn't know what it's I was like looking for, but when I saw it, I knew. You did. It's like the size <laughs> like, of a semi. It yeah. is so huge. And you drive the hell out of it, too. Thank you. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. I don't know how we got there, but we just jump into the deep end right away. Um... But yeah, just like Julia's saying, I believe one of the strengths of women is because they have the ability to hold life within themselves mm. and to celebrate that. But they also know it's not guaranteed uh, and that within themselves they can also hold death, uh, which is, I mean, it's everything. Uh, and so I think that is one of the means of strength within women. I didn't appreciate that I had within me this given strength yeah. of womanness until much later in life. And I mean, it happened at the correct time. It happened when it was supposed to happen, but I'm still learning. Oh, yeah. And so the backstory of like why we probably got on there is you, I think you expressed your condolences. The last time yes. I was out here yep. was pregnant. Ben yep. and I were super excited. Second kid, we've been trying for a while. Um, and then came back and had like one day of kind of like some streaked blood and then you know immediately like panic feeling but hormonally everything else my body's like yeah we're still good sending all these nutrients like you are still very obviously pregnant but my OBGYN is also one of my friends it's weird scenario I know but um you know he got me in for an ultrasound and it just stopped growing at seven weeks Mm. you know my body was just sending all of this stuff um sending everything basically to this dead thing trying so it that was the friday before mother's day Mm. on sunday so it was it at the beginning for some reason you know it didn't have a heartbeat yet and for some reason that made me feel better but i didn't understand why 
or if it even did. And then the whole, you know, one in four, once you get above certain age, because I'm a little older now at 35, but it also makes you feel like a failure for the one thing that mm. you're supposed to be able to do. Oh so my I, God. So I let it, you know, it simmered and Ben and I were super, you know, sad and cried and, but still gave thanks because it still was like Mother's Day and I'm still a mother. Yeah. Um. So it was a, it was definitely we actually let those two emotions kind of melt together that weekend okay. and tr- instead of keeping grief and joy and celebration separate. Yeah. And it was chaotic at the beginning, but after a while, it felt like it was supposed to be like that. So we celebrated with sadness yeah. all at the same time. Of course. Um, so anyways, it took, I mean, it took my body like four weeks to kind of figure out what was happening. And then I... And both fortunate and fortunate that a lot of my, um, you know, have access to great health care and because I'm in that field. But I also had to go have like my DNC at the hospital that I work mm. at. And, you know, so it's it's a different it's, level of like then everybody kind of knows. Yeah. yeah. So it had to, you know, had to come out clearly for me. But um, it also was a good experience to go there and have that done because I chose a, I chose a DNC because, you know, I, I didn't want to all of a sudden start like spontaneously, you know, hemorrhaging. I wanted a little more controlled, but it did take my body a couple of weeks to figure out like, okay. And it almost, it, my body didn't apologize. It almost went, all right. So when do we get to try again? Yeah. It was almost, it was a weird, like understood resilience. Mm-hmm. And wow. I didn't know that I had that power within me. I mean, you don't. You don't. It, it's like giving birth unlocks something. It's like another compartment that you didn't even realize you had. Mm-hmm. It's insane. When you had Roland, how did Ben change? So, I mean, did it also unlock for him? Because I've also heard this from yeah. a paternal point of view, mm-hmm. where men just like, oh, it's yeah. His willingness to heal became urgent, mm. is what it did. So it wasn't Ben wasn't Roland wasn't the healing for Ben. Uh, Roland was the catalyst, um, and. I used to think about that and it would be painful to me because I'm like, well, I wanted to be the catalyst. For sure. Like, why didn't you have that urgency for me? For sure. So it it became almost like a thought of frustration. But yet at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who or what the catalyst is. Exactly. Because it it's not the definition. We don't have a definition of our love, so that I don't have parameters of like I need to be the reason you change. Mm-hmm. It needs, needs to be I will love you through the change, mm. no matter how you get there. Mm-hmm. So, it, it it gave him urgency, and it was visible and chaotic, and the energy in our household was just it, it was tense. For, oh, I'm sure. I mean, there's so many things yeah. going on at once within each person, oh let alone between everybody. Oh, man. And I mean, it like I had Roland in December, so the days are short. And newborns don't go to bed till like 10, 30, 11. I'm like, go to bed 
baby. But <laughs> the sun would go down, and I immediately was, was like, I'm going to war tonight. Because Ben was sleeping on the couch. Yeah, He'd sleep on the couch and put me in the bedroom, and he'd be like, hey, I got to go to work tomorrow. Yeah. You need to like, because the Army gives you a whopping was, 10, was, 10 days. I was going to say, would you talk a little bit about his background? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so Ben and I... Um, Ben and I met when he was in a special operations school in Fayetteville, when I was in PA school in, in Fayetteville. In Fayetteville. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we met actually at an empty climbing gym on a Friday night. I was there with another guy. Um, I was basically using him for beta. <laughs> <laughs> And he had an Ashboro Boulders pass. So I was like, uh, let's talk. Yeah. <laughs> that literally was it. He was a stu- stupid strong climber. But anyways, but not interesting to me. And Ben was in there. We were working on problems side by side. And I interrupted his session with like, I think it was something I said, like, it helps to stare at it, doesn't it? Which it doesn't. But um, And then I went to the bathroom. <laughs> Because <laughs> he just stared at it like it was the problem, like yeah. the problem did it to him. I'm like, yeah. no, you just can't climb that V5. I don't yeah. know what to tell you. Yeah. Um, but I went into the bathroom and I made a very critical. And then step aside. Yes. I'm working <laughs> this. Yeah, yeah. Like move. Um, and then I go to the bathroom and I make a very hard decision for a like broke graduate student. Do I tear this Victoria's Secret free panty coupon in half to write my phone number on it? Oh, girl. <sighs> yeah. Man. The those cotton boy boycott briefs were like <laughs> six seven dollars a pair of underwear was pushing my budget back then. <laughs> so it was, it was a sacrifice. Um, so I but chose what to, a thing to leave your number on. I know. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think I actually wrote it on the back where it has the postage, not even like the free panty thing to like <laughs> drop hints that I wear classy panties. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so just ripped it off, wrote my number on it, put it in a shoe. He picked it up, thought it was some trash, was going to throw it away, read my number. He called me that night and he came over and our <laughs> our apartment. I know it moved quick. Oh, it, so uh, that's relatively and he talked to Rapid, me on the phone yeah. for a little bit, and yeah. he was like, man, and he'll, I think he told you guys this too, and he'll freely say it, that he said with my accent, he said if I roll up to her address and she's got like some broke down cars in front of her like trailer, I'm going to keep driving. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, it didn't matter how how much I wanted to see you. Um, so, no, so he came over to my apartment that night, and they were having like a little block party. My roommate was super drunk and like fighting with her boyfriend. So I had to like deal with her and I'm like, Ben comes in freshly showered. I'm still in climbing clothes and, you know, drinking a land shark, watching trauma life in the ER. Oh Just God, a yes. classic Friday night. Yeah. <laughs> so I come in and I literally put him in my room and I'm like, here's the TV. I got to go deal with my roommate. So that's how our relationship started. Well, and the first time I heard this story, Julia was telling it. And then, like, Ben just starts to open his wallet, you know, and he pulls out this piece of paper and he's laminated mm-hmm. Julia's number on the Victoria's Secrets coupon, which you didn't know at that point that he'd done that. No. Well, <sighs> well I knew that he'd done it, but okay. I didn't know he yes. still carried it. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, so that actually was a really sweet, special moment. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because sometimes I don't give him... Sentimental the... motherfucker. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes I don't give him the credit because, you know... It, it doesn't have to be like this, but just for us, you know, we started out with like the written love notes. Mm-hmm. You know, you're constantly like proving via paper mm-hmm. yeah. or effort, like, I love you, I mm-hmm. love you. And then or over, an attempt to communicate it. Exactly. Yeah. And then over time, the the cards and letters get less and less. Yeah. And it's not that 
the love changes. It's the way that the, it's just the evolution of love within our marriage. Sometimes yeah, the cards and the letters don't change. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Just for us. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, I think that probably, I think that you guys remember that five love languages book that yeah. came out? I never read it, but I've heard of it. So I read it yep. and I actually uh, was talking to, I think Grady about this yesterday in the mountains. I actually don't think that book is a good thing for relationships. How come? Because it it makes you feel like you only have you're one so, you, way. You fit, but that's what, how humans work. We all fit in a box. Yes. Is it, it puts you in a category. <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds like that the book gives you five options. Of yeah. boxes. So, there I couldn't mean, be any more. And, yeah. and then you just automatically expect your spouse to be like, this is my love language. Exactly. Love me this way. Fulfill this list. Yeah. And what it does is it sets up expectations. Ah. Which has yeah. been a huge spiritual journey for me lately. It, because expectations are nothing but an exercise of control in the most narcissistic way. Like I want to control me, you, and what you're going to do. I want to, I want to control your actions. So it sets up these unrealistic expectations that have no fluidity in them. And you're right. It puts you in a box. Mm -hmm. And for a large majority of the first part of my marriage, I very much practice love in that way. Very, very linear, very, um, so, so linear that it became inconsistent, which sounds the opposite. But in order for something to be consistent, you have to apply it to multiple scenarios. But my environment had to be right. Like, sure, I loved Ben. I knew that I, you know, I married Ben. We got married on a, like, Wednesday night in the courthouse right before Mm. a deployment. Um, And I had come, I had been married very early um much earlier than i should have um and then divorced and then went walk about for a little bit um and then quickly met ben afterwards so i had maybe like six to nine months in between um and how old were you when you met ben uh 20 i think 20 ben and i've been married like 10 or 11 years maybe 11 i think wonderful beautiful and together for 12 yeah um, I could have been married 12 years, but I'm asking him to marry me one time and he didn't. <laughs> it was a total failure. <laughs> and I was in Japan and I did it at the beginning of the trip. So then I had to last the rest of the trip after asking Ben to marry me. And he was like, uh, nah. <laughs> so it was awkward. <laughs> it was awkward. Yeah. Yeah, it could have been set up differently. I mean, if you had expectations and had some, you know, narcissism and the sense of control. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Me and my control problems. I, like, stre- I literally make myself exhausted sometimes thinking about how much work I have to do on myself. I'm like, it's actually mm. just tiring even thinking about it. I'm going to do it, though. Like, just like I am with the South. I'm going to complain about it. Yeah. But I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I mean, that's basically what, like, endurance is. It's almost like, this sucks. Yeah. But I'm going to do it. But I'm out here and I need to get back. So I guess I have to Mm -hmm. do it. I mean, and even if you don't have to get back, like you're on the way. Yeah. um, Yeah. I don't think there's, uh, I mean, if you're into it, then you just kind of do it. Yeah. Like, oh, I should have glued my socks to my feet, I guess. Because this really is painful, but I guess I'm not stopping and I'll deal with the fucking super alpine heels or whatever when I get done. 
so what was the catalyst for you and just like thinking about this self-discovery or or when you talk about working on yourself with ben you talked about roland where have you seen it along your line so i think that i was doing more foundation laying in my early marriage than i realized okay um, just because it, the foundation was laid with mistakes, basically. So, but I think my catalyst actually probably was his change. Mm. Because whenever someone who is your person so rapidly changes, yeah. it doesn't matter if you're going the same destination, which I know we are. Our paths are just different. But if you don't like shift into And the into timing an- is different. Exactly. Mm-hmm. If you don't shift into another gear, they may leave you behind and the gap can be exponential to overcome it's like i'd rather chip away at this as you're leaving you know as you're continuing your journey um well i think about this often in human dynamics or human relationships so how i visualize it is i think of like each human soul pod is like an amoeba right and there we are just existing and there's like this slow accumulation of experiences and then something happens in our life or we read or we think or we lose or we love or we have effort whatever it is and our amoeba like grows exponentially in one direction but now we look totally different than the amoebas that we were next to and so we each expand at different rates uh than one another and when that that huge expansion happens then you're trying to figure out this person that you're next it's exactly right and i mean ben's Ben's transformation was just so, I mean, so dramatic. OMG. Yeah. (laughs) And I mean, it, and it, and it was. And so we, we really tried to kind of like force an endurance podcast the last couple of times I've been out here. The last time I was all sick and, um, then George, I was supposed to fly out and then George wasn't able to Mm. be here, like just trying to coordinate. But, then I was with Blair and I was like, oh, I know why it wasn't working because that wasn't the podcast that it was supposed to be. Exactly. And the endurance manual, Michael wrote probably the most. Yeah. So the, I'm going to interrupt just yeah. for one second because right before we started the podcast, Julia was flipping through the endurance manual, which I had done prior to her looking at it because I wanted to remember Michael's piece mm-hmm. or where to find it quickly. And then she set the endurance manual face open on the table. And I was like, you open that to page eight? And she was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's a, it's an, it's an utterly beautiful um, piece of writing that I think per- I'll always turn to. Um, second column, second paragraph. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That and is it's it. amazing how that happened. And I think Michael may have explained it on the podcast. Um, uh, in the symposium. Or in the symposium, yep. yeah. Which I'm not going to try and speak for him. Right. But it is one of the most beautiful pieces of writing about endurance that I also have ever read. Yep. And that it just kind of, you know, flowed out yeah. in the moment for, uh, you know, according to a variety of stimulus and, and the conditions and everything and what we've been trying to work on and had been working on it for a really long time. And to imagine also that when he writes... He writes in notes on his phone. Yep. And that to me is. Whoa. uh, Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's really amazing that that also that flowed because if I can't look at the preceding paragraph or the preceding two paragraphs as as sort of my reference point when I'm writing. Mm -hmm. So I need a larger screen. Mm -hmm. Then I then it just doesn't work. 
I mean, especially if I'm trying too hard. But obviously that just like whew, just came out. out and mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, I don't think I'm really going to edit this because. Uh, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's so really beautiful. an amazing piece. And Julia, remind me when you spoke, I think at the same symposium. So you, I don't know if you had read that piece or not. But when you spoke at that symposium, it was so beautiful because you talked about um, endurance is how you love. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think so this last probably two and a half years for me, I've really gotten into the ultra running world, I guess, as much as, you know, I can with the other responsibilities that I have. But I really got serious a year and a half ago Mm -hmm. and hired, uh, Erin to help with nutrition. Thankfully, she agreed to take me on as a client because I was still breastfeeding, needing help. And then George hired, uh, he allowed me to be one of his clients for training. This is so beautiful because today is George's wedding. I know. And that's why I'm here. I'm so excited. Congratulations, George and Savannah. But um, so George did, first off, George is a phenomenal endurance coach. Mm -hmm. And he he said this very eloquently when we first talked for like our intake interview to see if he was going to you know, take me on. And I, t- I said, I just need to, I don't have a compass to where I'm going on the map. Like, and I think you have the compass. So if you tell me to do it, I'll do it. Well, along the way, George was like, a, he was like, he would have these conversations with me that would just piss me off. He was an infuriating little shit for a long time because he'd be like, okay, you're going to have a long run today. And I know you're working and I know you have the kid, like all this stuff. He's like, yeah, but I don't, it's going to be a long run. Are you sure you're going to be able to do it? And I'm like, yeah, George, Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it. (laughs) What were you saying about being stubborn? Did he exactly? Yeah. (laughs) So, but George freaking knew that because these, he was like, it would infuriate me when I come home and I'd be like, Ben, George thinks, yeah, Ben's, I tell Ben, I'm like, George thinks I can't do this. Like, F George, I'm doing it anyway. No, he doesn't. He just knows how to, I mean, that is like, exactly. It's, it's, if you can't be there in person, but at least like, this is, this is coaching. Oh, I, mean, I mean, this is genuine coaching is getting is knowing the person well enough to steer them. OK, if, he, if you told him he's the one who has the compass. Yeah. Then obviously you have just handed him the strings to the puppet also, i.e. you and 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 getting and knowing you well enough and getting to know you through that process and realizing like, oh, she's. Okay, I need to. If I just push here, if I just pull a little bit here, Mm -hmm. then the outcome is the one that we both want. Mm -hmm. And I'll take it if she's pissed off at me for a while. Because because ultimately we will arrive at the point that you want to, where -hmm. where you wanted to go in the first place. And defiance can be such great fuel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But what he did was he, uh, I didn't expect. No, when you say, oh, yeah. Oh, you, you know, say, wait, you said, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, defiance is, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, exactly. I did say it wrong. Hold my yeah. beer. Yeah, exactly. Watch the, yeah. Exactly. But I didn't expect, you know, expectations again yeah. for, for George to, like, manipulate my. Of course. And. Or c- clarify my intent like that, but man, he did. He did an amazing job. And like then, that. the closer the closer my race got, like George did a great job too, because I'd take a long weekend and go and hang out with Marissa in the mountains. Yeah, and he would adjust, and then I'd be like, oh. yeah, but that's such good fuel too to go share adventures together. Oh, it it, it definitely was. Yeah. And he he told me that my my training and taper up to the race was the most unique thing he had ever done in what because. Ways? 
because he was programming around my weekend getaways, travel, and I was forever like, I'm just going to register for this 50 miler. Just, and, just like because yeah. tomorrow it's going it, to the race exactly. Is tomorrow so he or, would ad- adjust yeah. things. I mean, I did that to him like twice with a 25k and a 50k, and he just adjusted things automatically. Yeah. And coaching to me, I can't program. I can program. I understand my body now with what my body needs for recovery and probably like some accessory work to address some weaknesses. But in order to get to a goal, I can't do that because I can't think from the goal back in that way. Yet. But so there's this um, there's a new sort of uh, um, remote coaching program that's you know done by an AI and I think you can you know if you have a sudden change of you know heart or something you decide you want to do a 50k in two days you can just type that into this um, oh, program man. and they and then it'll tell you clients. <laughs> <laughs> exactly this no this AI. It probably exists. There's probably some probably. bullshit where they're, they're, you know, somebody's trying to sell some like, oh, yeah. uselessness like that. But, um, yeah, that's not real coaching. Well, no. co- and coaching and, is and, a journey shared. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, and, and an outcome shared. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it definitely was an outcome shared. So George originally was going to come. So I ran the Rim to River 100 in West Virginia, which was West Virginia's inaugural. It's super flat. Um, it ha- it wasn't really really <laughs> flat. It has had like I think it had like sixteen or seventeen thousand feet of climbing in it. Yeah, a lot of time. I mean, if it's short of twenty, it's flat. Come on. Yeah, no, <laughs> d- definitely. Um, I mean, there are hundred milers with a lot more climbing like that. But for your first hundred, you want to be tested, but you don't want, you know, just to be obliterated. To Plus, be just obliterated. Yeah. 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 But nice. that race was special to me. We love Fayetteville, West Virginia, the New River Gorge area. Yeah. We climb a and lot. That's where you met, yeah. Uh, we that was like our first trip okay, together because yeah. we both had been there independently before and then went together. Um, we were just there for July Fourth with Keegan's dad, Patrick met, met us up there, had a great time uh, nice. with them. Yeah, so fun. My friend Megan came. Um, so West Virginia was important to me. I love the people in the town in Fayetteville, so I wanted to run that one specifically. Mm. So it okay. meant something. Um, I actually wore my belt buckle July 4th. <laughs> nice. That's so stupid. That's not stupid. I, I loved it. I'm proud of that freaking Good. belt buckle. Yeah, you should um, be. But George was supposed to have a work trip, but the work trip was canceled. So then George was just coming there for me. And that made me highly uncomfortable because you are not a burden. Oh, I still haven't made my sign yet to remind myself daily. Exactly. Um, but so George came in and George is we'll like, give you a pad of post-it notes <laughs> and we'll just write, you are not a burden on every single one of them and just send you the, you can <sighs> stick them around. That's what I'm, that's another thing I'm working on. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so exhausting. Um, but George paced me through the night, mm. um, which got weird. The night got really weird. And then my friend Megan brought me in the last 20 miles, which were also weird, but just in the daylight. <laughs> Um, Nobody say a word. Yeah, exactly. Um, if you're watching on the YouTube channel, you know what just happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, but George, in his all-knowing knowledge, knew that I loved brown sugar and cinnamon Pop-Tarts. Ooh. Yeah. Oh. So, uh-huh. oh. so when stuff got bad and I'd run a little bit and walk a little bit, he'd be like, hey, you want Pop-Tart? I'm like, yeah. He's yeah. like, you got to come run, come run come, and get it. Come get it. <laughs> come get come it. Come get it, girl. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, George, teasing with snacks is a is a yeah. is a pro- time is, effective. is a proven strategy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but the the race went opposite of what I thought it would. I How thought so? that my body was going to break before my mind did, 
and my mind broke before my body. I mean, my body. George had me so like nailed down. At mile okay. eighty-two, I was running fine. Yeah. yeah. But my brain showed me hunched over both trekking poles, like broken, bloody feet. You know, it was sh- making me feel different. That's like, how you imagined yourself. <clears throat> like the physical feedback my, was changing yeah, your. Yeah, that's what my brain was saying was happening. It was like, stop, your feet are broken. You're never going to be able to have children again. Like your back. Because your feet are broken. Yeah. Yeah, That's weird. Just throwing (laughs) all these things at me, throwing all these things. And George eventually, like, I can't remember if it was a video or like a live picture, you know, where you hold the thing. And he was like, that's you running into the aid station. And he showed it to me in my face. And I was like, oh, well, that's not what my brain is telling me. Got it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And I mean, nice. Yeah. So the mental, the mental aspect of that race was more difficult than anything for me because actually running with George was like having, it was almost like experiencing a ceremony with George where you Mm. have your everything stripped away and vulnerable because he had also been up all night and is jumping in and running a 50 K in the middle of the night. So we had flown out from the West. Yeah. So (laughs) then we start to have these conversations that you can only have when, when ego is not involved. Yeah. And then we got to an aid, you know, the aid station, the sun came up. And so then I was processing that. Plus the fact that that happened during the middle of a race, it was an, it was an intense experience, but, um, but you probably wouldn't want it any other way. No, definitely not. And then George, I brought my book this time, uh, big thanks to George and Megan who made me they actually wrote about my race through their eyes of what happened because they also had changes when did Um, you when was this race November okay yeah Yeah. and uh they're both phenomenal photographers and Mm -hmm. wrote just beautiful pieces that's like that's priceless Mm -hmm. to me um and so talking about how love this is my favorite (laughs) two pages in the book the black pages that hold <laughs> black blank pages uh-huh. um uh, so i think now speaking of love as an expression of endurance um is that now i'm physically doing what i've been emotionally and spiritually doing for a very long time mm-hmm. so that's what blair and i had discussed was that this podcast wasn't supposed to be all kinds of technical stuff about running and time management and coaching and nutrition that it should have choose the right trekking poles yeah, yeah. buy them coupon minus yeah. 10 percent if you yeah yeah so it, how, it that's how podcasts work right oh yeah to say. <laughs> i was like what oh yeah <laughs> athletic greens sponsor of this podcast yeah. you know whatever yeah. For, forward slash uh i don't know fuck you go further yeah yes, <laughs> yes. um yeah, so that that was our conversation is that endurance is my physical representation of love. Yes. Yeah. And I think and let me know if I'm like if this isn't part of it. But I also think like um sport and physical effort is such a practice of resilience or pushing that red line or or pushing that bubble of experience a little bit further and a little bit further and then you can experience yourself. But when you go through the tremendous moments in life when you lose a child or you lose a parent or you lose a spouse or you lose your job and you can't take care of your family or these big massive things happen 
um, you are just like ripped open in expansiveness. Mm-hmm. And just like you talked about, you know, the weekend of Mother's Day, you held joy and sadness simultaneously. Well, you did that because you'd been ripped open so far that you'd created enough space to hold all of these things. And so then you approach a physical effort, which is beautiful and, and, and having those goals and, and going for them is an incredible journey in and of itself, but you also realize its place within your life, that it doesn't define your worth or that you're literally just putting one foot in front of the other. And it's a tremendous experience, but it is incomparable to the experiences of life. And you get to do that or you get to practice that through endurance. Uh, I noticed that the first time I did the, when I did the vertical kilometer after Travis's accident, um, I had entered Travis and he ran every single race I ever entered him and never complained, like just did it. Like I entered him in a 55K. I told him it was 50K. So he bitched about those extra three miles <laughs> so much. But he off the couched it. Like every race, he wouldn't miss it. He'd do it. So I'd entered him and run the rut VK, which is like one of my favorite races. And, and he died six weeks before it. And I was like, well, I'm going to do this race because Travis wouldn't miss it. And in this story, I didn't want to ask permission. I wanted to ask forgiveness for it because that's also his style. And so I had a friend show Travis's driver's license at like the, the at check-in, the, at the check-in nice. right? Yeah. And the friend is like 100 pounds less, no beard, like four <laughs> inches shorter. Sorry, Chris. And, uh, and the guy like looks at the driver's license, looks at my friend Christopher, and he's like really perplexed. And I like jump in between them. And I'm like, baby face, he just shaved. <laughs> you know? Yes. <laughs> and they give me the number. And I so didn't care about the race, but also wanted the experience. Mm-hmm. And it had no definition of self. And so I just like flew up this race and I drank a beer on the way up <laughs> and uh, and finished and finished way faster than I ever had. And and I'm like telling people about this experience and and. And someone, un, un, they did not mean to say it in this way, but it came across this way. They're like, well, your body to weight ratio must have been incredible. Like, you were so powerful. And I was like, oh, oh God, no. It had nothing to do with that. Whoa. My right. heart to body ratio. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. God. Exactly. So you have these experiences of love and loss or life, which is all of it. And, uh, and then we have the opportunity to go there in different ways with these physical efforts and you get to a point where it's not the trekking poles it's it's not x y or z it's that your heart will endure what it has to endure to get to where it needs to go and that is the process of endurance as love yes yeah no you sum that up perfectly um i i really had to assess my intention for wanting to sit down and discuss this because Mm. number one, I didn't want it to come across as, Hey, uh, you guys remember me in the background, the one who's always been here consistently while this guy like radically changed. Yes. Still here kind of thing, Mm -hmm. you know, but the other half of me really wants people to understand that even love is a hard thing. Mm. And you know, there's a short coming out soon that don't fucking quit like that, that, literally was my mantra for a large majority of my marriage, but it was sourced from a place of love. And it didn't matter if it went through the filter of stubbornness or not. It still was 
originated from love. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really want people to understand um, that if you love someone, that when they change, how they change, and whatever timeline they change isn't as important as their willingness to get there in the first place. Mm. So if you don't ever give people the ability to develop willingness or give them, it's almost like preparing the soil for something. Roots. Yeah. So if you don't prepare this place, if you don't create stability in the way that you respond and consistency in what you say, if you don't foster this thing, then willingness to get better can't grow out of it. Like if I had have made things worse in our marriage by being, you know, having affairs, which is super easy to do when you're married to a military spouse, like you can have complete other families and no one would ever know. But, you know, had continually shown that I also was not steadfast and solid in my love, he wouldn't have had the willingness to change because it wouldn't have been worth it. Yeah. Completely. I don't know if that made sense. It does make sense. Would you talk about um, the actions that you took to help that change in the relationship to this space? Yeah. So I, my profession is a physician assistant, internal medicine, and I took care of a lot of veterans in active duty because I worked in Hope Mills, which is right around Fort Bragg area. Then the VA Right to Choose Act came in, and then they could have you could have a civilian provider. So I was seeing a lot of new guys, and that was kind of my first experience with post-traumatic stress and TBI results and, you know, what happens after the, an entire career of, like, being a functional alcoholic and smoking every day and burn pit involvement, you know. So I started to see veteran-related issues. So that f- foundation it, that allowed my eyes to be open, but I also thought that Ben was the exception to that. Mm-hmm. So Ben's military career was he enlisted right before 9-11, and then so Ben had a large majority of his career at war. So, I mean, he saw, you know, I don't I can't a even lot. remember, a he lot. A lot. Um, so Ben had already come, and, and I'm not, this is actually from him, that part of his issue was he didn't expect to survive. Right. So when you already deal with your mortality um, as a young man in right. your 20s, and then all of a sudden you wake up one day and you're still here, busted up and broken, but you're still here. Oh, and now you have a child. Like, I can't imagine what that would do to me. And he he struggled with that and just anger from nowhere. So knowing about these issues allowed me to extend him some grace, um, which is just a different type of love, or Mm -hmm. it came from a place of love, extended him some grace at what I was willing to deal with. And I hate it when other spouses inflict their own threshold on other pay, you know, other people, you know, like, oh, I wouldn't have done that or I wouldn't have stayed. So it uh. took me, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it took me from, you know, I, I originally was seeking comfort in other women, but mm. number one, I wasn't surrounded by women that I should have been seeking advice and comfort from. Yeah. It was just massive, like military bitch sessions, you know? And it's also, it's a really common human practice to, uh, 
and we see it across the board for humans to search for validation within their own life so people would do it similarly right so yeah. like this is how i did it when you do it the same or they're doing it so different that's wrong yeah it's different yeah. exactly and ben had kept me very like very sheltered from the special operations community like i don't know acronyms half the time i didn't even know where he worked they were like where's your husband work i'm like fort bragg like what does he do i don't know <laughs> something yeah. i mean he's in this group and that's it um, so he kept me very separate because he knew that there was some toxicity there because Ben's a good man. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's a faithful husband. He's not, you know, disrespectful. Like, I wasn't dealing, thankfully, with these, you know, with such huge rifts, but they were our, you know, different type. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he... He kept me separate because he knew that eventually I probably would need women, and those are the women he didn't want around. And so I thank him for that. I used to get pissed at him. You know, I want to go to a special operations ball. You know, why can't I meet your teammates? He's like, because you don't need to know them. Like, they'll go into, you know, they'll go into firefight with me, but here on domestic soil, like, we eat each other alive, you know. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah, brotherhood over there, and then you get here, and it's just – every man for himself kind of thing. So he wasn't in an environment where he wanted me to be around those women and those people. So um, so veterans issues, Ben developed issues. So it extended my grace for, you know, in, for his timeline of healing. But it all, it, but it started to affect me to where I started to think that I was the weak one because I stayed. So mm. stuff somewhere along the way got distorted. And I really don't know. Within yourself? Or do you feel like it was sort of outside influence? I actually don't that... think it was outside influence. Okay. I took a really hard look at myself one night. I was like, and was I influenced from that? And the answer yeah. was no. That mm. came from within, okay. which is terrifying. Mm. And it, because it's the complete opposite of what I'm trying to sit here and tell people to do. Yeah. But the amount of but your doubt, ability to, to to sit here and and suggest that people do that or say this is an opportunity is because you experienced what you're talking about right now. Yeah, that, exactly. Like, I wasn't going to extend that grace any longer, or this is. Yeah, I started to put ultimatums on things and yeah. timelines and adjusting, like having expectations of yeah. the way someone else's path to healing was going to go. Um, but and then one day I just gave up, like absolutely gave up. Wow. And I mean, it, you know, it, I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud, but I don't know, maybe it'll help someone. But I mean, I lived and slept beside a man every night that was taking 40 milligrams of Ambien with like six fingers of bourbon. Yeah. And me medically sitting there going, all right, well, you might be cold in the morning. Yeah. I'm just putting my fingers on top of each yeah, other and I mean, looking. I'm like, yeah. whoa. And that will certainly help somebody. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it, you... Just because you do nothing doesn't mean that it's giving up, but it sure felt like it at that point. But I wasn't, I was just mostly waiting. But I should have intervened more than I did. Um, But because doubt had crept in and just distorted everything, I... But but at some point you don't understand, like, how do I intervene? Like, what does intervention mean? Do do I even have the, the, I don't have the the skill to do this or the, the facility or the sensitivity to do it. So you know, quitting, air mm-hmm. quotes, um, you know, or giving up, that is also input. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
man, I, and, and maybe the, and maybe the ultimately the best thing. I mean, is based on the fact that we're sitting here having this conversation. It seems, uh, you know, hey. And yeah. he had to meet you All there. Right. There had to be, you know. Yeah. It. I really, I really hope one day that I really pinpoint in me what changed to allow the doubt to to creep in. So not. I'd like to identify it. So first off, I could keep a heads up for it later on. But I also want to try to be able to explain it to my children Mm. Um, that, hey, it's okay that you may have doubts. But it's but it's so funny, though, because even my doubts and my stubborn reasons for staying were still rooted in love. Of course. So there were a couple times I actually told my sister-in-law this last time I saw her. I said there were many times where I wanted to walk out, but I didn't because I loved you. Like I couldn't, I was like, I wasn't going to leave you, Nisha, you know, like forget Ben in that scenario. Like it was, so it was just, it was still love. It's still your family. Yeah. So I, I didn't understand my capacity to access this limitless amount of love, this limitless quantity. We we talked about it being like an aquifer that never runs dry. What changes is the spigot. (laughs) Yeah. So you can either get one of those super nice ones like you got on the ranch, you know, or at the farm, or you just pull it up and then just the water gushes out. Like that's the way some times in life love will come forth. Mm -hmm. The other, you got the twisty one, you know, may have to work hard. And then sometime you got the 1800s pump handle. (laughs) You're just out there sweating and burning your triceps. Getting a trickle. Yeah. Yeah. Getting a trickle. But But it's always there. But there's still water. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So whenever whenever i look now at what i'm doing physically it i have so much more gratitude for it because i know where it comes from and i don't run because i have demons mm-hmm. or whatever like i'm not working anything out yeah. 99% of the time i'm not thinking about a thing <laughs> like yeah. nothing yeah i run because of the source um it is a physical expression of the way that i love mm. And yeah, it would have been awesome to have been running in my twenties, but that wasn't, wasn't my expression of love at that time. Yeah, you know, at that time it was like, let's make a joint Facebook account. <laughs> you know, that'll be. <laughs> so like, you're saying it's changed a little. It'll be ultra changed. satisfying. It's <laughs> definitely it's changed to a point to where Ben opens a Vero account and I don't know about it, and I find out through Blair. <laughs> She's like, Ben's back on social media. I'm like, what? <laughs> I really like his pictures. <laughs> I'm like, what pictures? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's a need to know basis marriage now. Yeah. He's <laughs> taking some good pictures. Yeah. I think he he want, he probably didn't say it because he wanted ultimately when you discovered it that it was like a full fledged thing already. Like, oh. like it was he he'd built the rocking chair already. It wasn't like yeah. here's a stick and I'm gonna try and shape it into, you know, one of the rockers. Nah, or, he already told me he was like, Well, I just didn't think about it, which is true. Like, I used to get pissed about it. I'm like, how can you not think about me, Ben? Now I know Ben. I'm like, yeah, well, that's, yeah. Yeah. You just didn't think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It makes it a lot easier on me. Yeah. A lot easier. I mean, especially, yeah, if you, when you, if you say get to know or you, okay, this is, this is how Mm -hmm. this person relates in the world and some things, yeah, some other things I was thinking about and maybe it wasn't necessarily, it's not, it's, it's rarely hierarchical. It's not Mm -hmm. like you're number one and you need to remain number one. It's just like, oh, this is in front of me right now. This has my attention. And yeah, learning how other people's, I mean, in this case, brains work or, you know, thought processes or yeah, like just like what Mark's saying, is this right in front of me right now? 
learning that, like learning that some people really focus on what's right in front of them, whereas some of us are like out there swimming around. <laughs> <laughs> <You> know, like... <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I really find myself, oh, speaking of like learning how people's brain works, you should... <laughs> This is super fun, and I bet a lot of people haven't done this in their marriage. First off, <laughs> your husband forgets to fill out the TBI questionnaire because of the TBI. TBI. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then you're sitting in, you know, we went and climbed with our friend Zach in New Hampshire that I met off of Instagram. Crazy story, but we were up there, and we're, like, filling out this TBI questionnaire. And Ben's like, all right, I need you to help me answer these questions. And he'll be like, do I ever do this? And he'll be like, and it's a scale of one to six. Yeah. And he'll be like, uh, three. And I'm from the bathroom and I'm like, uh, Seven. six. It's a six. <laughs> you do that all the time. He's like, do I really? I'm like, yeah. yeah. And the thing about the female brain is like, don't think we don't remember. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because we do. But that was a really fascinating thing when we had, when uh, Derek was in here talking about his TBI issues where he was, he was asking his wife to help him in this, in the same way. Like I, you know, just keep an eye on me because I don't maybe know what's exactly going on or I, or I'm, you know, I I have these sort of responses to certain, to certain situations, but I don't, I don't see myself having those responses. Yeah. So I need outside eyes. Right. And this seems like a. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what's happening. And I mean, Normal thing, yeah. all of a sudden. Oh, God, it, it, is, it was hysterical. It was, I, was, I was like, I can't believe we're doing this right now. Uh, and we're forgetting half the questions. But um, so our, our journey, I'm going to try, I'm going to try to say this just without losing it. Our journey is so beautiful beautifully horrific and beautifully perfect and beautifully chaotic, but it's exactly what it's supposed to be for us. Mm -hmm. And to see him now where his happiness comes from within Mm -hmm. and like bathes us now. And I've been waiting on that for so long. Mm -hmm. Like I basically was like this camel going across this desert and I would, I had like a compliment hump, you know, where a like, hey, I love you, would go in the hump and it sustained me for like a desert of a week. But that, that I look back and I kind of pat myself on the back sometimes because I'm like, man, you, you really did wait that one out. Like you did a good job stretching that one out. Like you're, you're really good at using Just taking sips. enduring limited, <laughs> yeah, yeah li- doing limited resource, like limited resources. Um, and then the other part of me is like, well, you could have lo- you could have worked a little more about having happiness from within, um, because I think that every relationship starts out for women where you think that your your spouse or your partner is going to be your source of happiness, yeah. and that's not Mm-mm. how it is. Mm-mm. They add to and increase, but they aren't the source of. Mm -hmm. So whenever people are constantly looking for happiness in a marriage, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you might have had a different outcome from that previous relationship if you had have worked on yourself first. Mm -hmm. And I, my first, you know, my 20s were just wrapped up and like Ben was the source of my happiness. And I think that's common, you know. Uh, I think it's a difficult thing for us to learn how to hold our own self-worth for infinite amount of reasons different across the board with everyone's experiences um 
but when you get to the core of it, that self-worth is, is freedom within a relationship because then you can full hand over your full self in acceptance mm. or be able to hold somebody else. Yeah. Uh, I, I probably had some pride attached to that. Of course. <laughs> because yeah. I didn't want to hand it over until it was the way I wanted it to look. So it's, you know. But, they, that, but that, and then, <laughs> but, so, but that's like the beautiful thing about, well, to ask anyone, we talked about this on our run, to ask anyone to be their final product of themselves, to ask them to be dead, mm. right? Like we're all works in progress. Yeah. And in the process of loving ourselves and loving one another, it's that uh, safe territory of we're, we're learning, we're, we're experiencing together. And sometimes we need to experience that through someone else's eyes. We need yes. to have the external, mm. re- some, yes. to, 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 for someone to open our own eyes to ourselves in a way when they say, I see you. Mm-hmm. And really, I fucking see you. Yeah. And for someone to see and still love is a really powerful thing. Yes, mm-hmm. I think, and if and I think that is also the gateway to, you know, um, being able to love ourselves in in a way that allows us to give more yes. of ourselves instead of hiding. Oh well, there's this thing about me that, yep. you know, <laughs> I, I don't really like, but I'm not I'm not able to change it. But so it's this kind of a thing, and so maybe I don't share that. But then someone who says, I fucking see that, <laughs> <laughs> and it's okay. Yeah. In fact, I kind of dig it. Yeah. Because I dig you. Mm. That's permission to sort of present our whole self to the other person to the person in the relationship and when we present our whole self to the person in the relationship we're actually presenting it to ourselves as yes well. oh, yeah that was beautiful also terrifying and exhausting yeah and exhausting uh-huh. um yeah i Becoming a mother probably unlocked my, it made me more aware of what I do have to offer. I don't Mm. have the definition yet of what it is. Had you, so we're circling back to a part of the conversation where you Mm -hmm. said I had given up. Oh yeah. And then, and then Roland came along. And then Roland came along. Yeah. And then you're like, well, is that, was that sort of your catalyst for not you know for going like fuck i can't be a person who gives up here i honestly it was more of stubbornness of anything okay like i just didn't want to be a quitter like quite honestly yeah and also ben ben's also my best friend like there there is nobody that i'd rather spend time with than ben Mm -hmm. so yes ben is my my person my lover my husband my protector but he's also like my number one favorite person to hang out with so my stubbornness to not give up my best friend because it was a time in our marriage where we were just roommates. Yeah. But even when he was in whatever place he was in, I still preferred him over like 99% of other people. Yeah. So I wasn't going to give up without a fight, but probably most of it was just selfish stubbornness of like, I just don't quit. I'm not a quitter. So selfishness and stubbornness and selfish stubbornness together can be a good thing despite the sort of negative connotations other might exactly exactly assign yeah exactly and it is your responsibility in a marriage as a couple to have a fruitful marriage you can have a dead dull thing that is just defined by a piece of contract you know a contractual piece of paper right um 
in order to have a marriage that is worth having, like to truly express marriage and monogamy, is to have fruits. Like it should be, it it should fill your cup. You know, if you decide to have children, you should add to, like it, you are supposed to work hard to make it worth it. If you don't, then what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing to yourself? Because you honest, you obviously don't value yourself. If you're dating people and you can't see their, in them the capacity to be a lifelong partner for you or someone that you would invest yourself into, like, why? what are you doing? You know, you have to value what you're looking for in yourself before you can, you know, you have to be able to apply that to other people too. Oh, completely. It's you have to value within and also devalue distraction, which is difficult in our culture as we promote distraction in so many different ways. And I think that can be part of that that cycle of spending time with others. Well, this is distracting from sitting with X, Y or Z. Mm. So I'll spend time with this person because. Yeah, yeah. I'm terrified at the possibility of having a little girl and having to, like, explain this stuff and you know, have her go, whatever, mom, you know, it's terrifying. Cause oh, there's a lot of, there's not a whole lot of pressure on me about helping Roland find a mate or a wife one day. Okay. It, th- most of the pressure for decision-making is on Ben. The pressure for me is to show him what he should be looking for, you know, yes. to set an example. To set an example as a, yes. Exactly. Because I do, I do, you know, we pray we're believers in God, non you know, not religious. We just believe. So pray. I'm like, you know, Hey, prepare her heart, prepare my, you know, give me the actions and prepare his heart to make a good decision. Because that's when you have a kid, you start worrying about stuff that just is ridiculous. Like I had a discussion with Kelly Halpin last time she was here about how I've spent hours trying to explain to Roland why not to squish bugs. Yeah. Because kids aren't mean. They aren't born that way. They're not like going to squish an ant or a spider. We teach them like squish that thing, kill that thing. Because it's Cause not it's supposed to be in the not, house. Yeah, exactly. Like, and don't get me wrong. I hate stink bugs. That's like a squash bug. That's like a point of contention for me. I can smell them. Those like, are the ones that little rolled up that roll up when you touch them. No, that's a roly poly. That's oh. actually hey, is actually, that the scientific the, name or no? Look, they are, <laughs> those are actually the roly poly ones. Those uh-huh. are actually not insects. They're land based crustaceans. It's like a crab. So that's why you... Isn't that crazy? Why, that's cool. why they crunch when you squish yeah. them. <laughs> and you know where I learned that from? One of Roland's books. I'll yes. be reading him a nighttime story, and I'm like, God, I didn't know that the part between a dolphin's fin and its body is called a fluke. Like, I just learned something. Yes. Nor, nor did I, nor nor did did I, I know that. Yeah, yeah. some random mm-hmm. stuff. Um, God, I can't even remember what I was saying though. Now, don't squish oh, bugs. Don't, uh, don't be mean. Squish Kelly Halpin. <laughs> yeah, don't. So we're tr- we're trying to teach these our kids principles, yeah. and they're not guidelines. They're points of reference because if you put guidelines, then you have an extreme on either end. You know, it's like the whole adage of like the preacher's daughter is going to be the worst one because you show them restriction their whole life, so they just bounce off of it and sling the other way. Sure. So now I'm just like constantly thinking. I hope 
like 10 years from now, I don't listen to this podcast and I'm like, well, <laughs> Roland's in prison now for like <laughs> Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> you know, like, you know. Should have set those left and right limits uh, a little yeah, narrower. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I hope I listen back and I'm like, man, yeah, listen, Roland, mama believed in you from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. But um, Ben would all be like, as long as he was the best car thief, you know. <laughs> He'd be like, as long as he's the best at it. But um, I think that that's also what happens to us in love and relationships too is that if we show if we're constantly working off of these two extremes which is bliss Mm. like you know boys coital cuddles Mm. and like a warm bath Mm -hmm. like it can't get any better and then the most absolute worst times where like your spouse will walk around to a different room to avoid walking down a hallway with you that's it that's pretty miserable so if you show a kid that then they're going to bounce back and forth between them. But if you just show a reference point yeah, and, and then how you get there depend that's, that's on you. That's your journey, but you have, yeah, here's to, the point on the map. Yeah. Here's, here's the, the point on the map. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to restrict your travel from like a bicycle to a car, you know, your vehicle to get there's is on you. And if you want to walk around instead of going up and over, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, That'd be the stubborn way to go, but yeah. Oh, up and over is the stubborn way to oh, go. That's true. No, that's true. The yeah. other way is the Oh, wait, they're way. all stubborn if yeah. you are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I stress about just the most ridiculous things now as a parent. Like, sure, I care about his safety and all that stuff, too. But I, w- I want to make sure he's still going to have his own journey. He's still going to have to discover who he is. He's still going to have to have death of ego and discovery of limitless, un- unboundless he's, love. He's a... Uh... He's two. Two. Okay, that's, <laughs> that's what I thought, yeah. yeah. This is, I'm preparing. Um, he doesn't have his driver's license no, yet. No, not. But look, the other day, this actually caught me off guard, too. He went to school briefly. It's like half a day at our, actually, my school that I went to high school with. Um, and Ben drops him off in the morning, and he said that this teeny tiny little girl in the class was like, hey, Roland, and when he got there. And he was telling me this in the car. And immediately my outward response was I went, aw. And then inside immediately was like, he doesn't need another woman. All he <laughs> needs is you. Who is she? And I'm like, time out. Where did that come from? Let's backtrack. She's <laughs> That's three. wild. And also, <laughs> she's a toddler. Can we just identify the source of that, please, that I didn't know was in here? Um, so then you start to worry. Then your parenthood brain just kicks in. But it also... Being a parent, becoming parents helped Ben and I to really solidify to each other the why. You know, we married each other with the intent of having children. We did because Ben wanted legacy and I wanted to give life. Um, I, it happened much later because of fear. Sure. I wanted to make sure we were going to make it. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, man, that sounds so weak. It's almost like having a separate bank account that you never tell your husband about, like just in case, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like you're setting yourself up for you're you're changing your you're changing the spot on the map, you know, to fit what you think you could happen. Yeah. Right. Or you set it up and you're going to fulfill it. Yeah, exactly. Like, why would you even do that to yourself? Because that shows a lack of commitment at the beginning. It's it's bizarre. Um, Well, lack of commitment to the the other person, but also the relationship. Yeah, lack of commitment to the effort required. To the Mm. two. 
Yeah. Uh, or, yeah. And so it, 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 get it, Charlotte. Um, <laughs> the having, having Roland really made us recommit to each other mm. because I want, I love my parents and I had a, a wonderful childhood, but a lot of what my mom and dad did showed me what to not do in my own marriage. Mm -hmm. And I mm -hmm. would, I would, everyone thinks they're an exception to a rule, but I would like our marriage to be an example of what to do mm -hmm. for, for my son. Good. And in order for it to get there, it, we have to constantly work at it. And complacency is a, is the killer of marriages. Like just when you think you're secure and that you have to back off on this constant exchange of energy and love and it starts to just become, you know, lopsided, then you think you've got it made and then things can fall apart from there. It should be a constant seeking, not seeking approval, mm -mm. but seeking depth. I guess. Well, you say in seeking, if you're comfortable with it, would you talk about that first symposium that you guys came to? Oh, yeah, gladly. Oh, man. Um, that was also a source of shame for me. So not too long ago, I sent you a text message. Yeah, had two photos in it. So the first photo Vince Rockwell took of you and I having a conversation upstairs mm -hmm. um, after symposium, mm -hmm. number one. <laughs> I love that picture. Um, and I was like, Originally, I was like, holy crap, I'm in a photo with Mark flipping Dwight, you know, just totally fangirled it up. Like, thank you so much, Vince. And then I started to look at mm -hmm. my body language yeah. and I am pleading mm -hmm. with you to not give up on Ben because that first symposium, he said nothing. He was like a black hole in the room sitting right beside me. And I had already made up my mind. We had wanted to come out here for so long. And it was, you know, we had saved up like we were going to come out. He was not going to ruin my time. He definitely took some of the air out of my sails, but not com completely. He wasn't going to take that from me. And that weekend, he tried real hard, you know, whether he knew he was or not. Mm -hmm. um, so afterwards, I had grabbed you, was talking to you upstairs, and I was like, look, he has stuff to offer. And I just, it, just pleading his case. And then Vince, again, a year later, took a photo of Mark and I and Ben having a conversation and all three of us are smiling. And it is what a difference a year makes. I think that first symposium allowed us to see each other through others' people, uh, through others' eyes. Others' eyes, yeah. And it was the correct others. Mm -hmm. Because it, were, it wasn't like we hadn't been shown this before. Mm -hmm. But I think probably we didn't have respect for the ones that had shown us that before or either that or it wasn't the right time. I'm really not sure which, but yeah. probably a little, little column A, little column yeah. B. Yeah. Um, so, cause then it was like, well, holy crap. Uh, other people who are paying attention also see me this way. So that means I am what you say I am. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, that was an emotional, like, you know, it was an emotional series of photographs. It was an, um, that, first symposium was yeah the first symposium. fairly emotional <laughs> well i mean from my perspective just because there was i don't know how long the conversation oh i think we both grabbed you that night because i think ben talked to you afterwards but yeah i pleaded my case for like 45 minutes yeah. i think 
which yeah. thank you for your patience and oh. lovingness in there listening. To You're me. welcome. <laughs> I um, ramble on. It ha- it was the it was later that I mean Keegan would know because he oh, was yeah. trying to sleep on the other side of the wall and yeah. Ben and I were kind of sharing. Yeah, and <laughs> and I thought I I thought at the end of that conversation I was like, well, that's not you know that was a waste of time. There's no there's no hope for any change here. This is one. This is I wonder where he gets his stubbornness from. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> or you know, and lo and behold, yeah, he. He did that. That shook him up pretty good, and that was also another catalyst for for change. That had laid the groundwork, and then Roland sped it up. You know, yeah. um, but that was a great first symposium. I mean, I left both just defeated, embarrassed, and just completely high on life. You know, mm-hmm. all at all at one time. Oh, human. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not yeah. Yeah. And Wow. I'm not, and I'm not I haven't always been a real big real big fan of feeling everything. And now I feel everything. So but and it's not so bad. I mean, you know, I mean it's everything. It's yeah. every, like what were what was causing the fear before is and and I, I mean and I'll just in my own like I would ask myself I, I don't want to certain and there was a period in my life when I was like okay I need to avoid this because I don't want to potentially you know this relationship with this person because I don't want to feel this later mm-hmm. for whatever reason and the context was very um, specific and um but then, you know, what, uh, oh, am I afraid that I'm going to feel something I cannot control? Mm-hmm. And then uh, then that forces one into sort of this conversation with oneself about like, oh, well, what do I actually control? What is this illusion of control that I'm carrying into the world or thinking that I'm able to like block this, filter that, make, you know, myself in a very specific image mm-hmm. of myself? Um, and then ultimately um, recognizing when, Okay, when that illusion is shattered, mm-hmm. and then you do start feeling everything, mm-hmm. um, and you don't die, mm-hmm. and your your perception of self doesn't like it improves rather than declines mm-hmm. or degrades, and life becomes maybe a little bit richer, mm-hmm. maybe a lot fucking richer. And then maybe you get to a point where, well, I just don't, there's no volume knob anymore. It's feeling is feeling and it's going to be happening. And just, you know, as my friend Mike Call said, hey, yeah, I cry all the time now. It's my superpower. <laughs> and then I was like, I'm taking, I'm giving you credit for two weeks. Actually, it's about two years now, but yeah. I was going to tell him, I'll give you credit for that for two weeks, but I'm taking it after that. Yeah. <laughs> Because feeling that ability to feel and not be and not and and I'll go back to previous life and say that ability to feel and not be harmed by it or not be have my relationship to life and and what I'm you know doing here change because of it or only improve because of it. It's incredibly powerful and beautiful and uh, will probably say what Blair's about to say I wish people would get there quicker oh well I mean yeah or they at least get there yeah <laughs> whenever yes 
But I was going to ask what one of those shattering, because I'm sure there are multiple shattering moments within our lives, but what was one of those shattering moments for you? Oh, the, the, the control one. Yeah. And the, then realizing the lack of, I mean, it's, I wrote about it in the, um, it's in kiss or kill. It's in the chapter called, I think it's called, a, I don't know. It's the one about Fred yeah. female. Yeah. Um, might be a lifetime before death, yeah. I think is what it's, that essay is called. Yep. And it was just all, all about, like, I would enter into relationships with people or I would not have relationships with people because right. I knew they were going to get killed. Right. Like, oh, this guy's pushing too hard in the mountains. He's going to die. I don't want to be affected when he does, so I'll just ignore him. There, despite having, yeah. Yeah, yeah, despite having the, you know, an incredible sort of, you know, our first meeting and we just saw each other and I was a little bit elder at, even then. Um, and Fred was super young yep. and we met at the, the, the climb mountain film festival or whatever in Autun, and then he didn't have a ride back. So I drove him back to Chamonix and we had like a three hour conversation that was fucking amazing. But then at the end of it, I'm just like, Nope, yep. Nope. He's, he's headed for the ground. So I'm not going there. And then circumstances happened where, uh, um, it put me into a relationship, you know, with him later. And by the time he got killed, I had three really incredible weeks, weeks with him yep. of, fellowship of going climbing of 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 you know teaching each other and learning from each other um and then uh and and then he died on the grand capucin and then and i realized wow i could have had you know two years plus those three weeks Mm. but in the interest of self-protection and feeling um i you know i I evaded that completely. And I mean, that was probably the, I think that was like the first, the first time it happened. And then it happened a couple of times oh, of course, because I had yeah. to get, I had to learn it. I had to get in the habit of the feeling and not being afraid of, of having a relationship with someone who, and just knowing like, well, uh, we're not going to have a, we might not get a lot of time together, but then again, we might. And we don't know. And, and we don't know how that little time or that lot of time or whatever, it's going to affect us, change us or, or change them. We don't yeah. know the, you know, how our words and how that relationship might affect mm-hmm. each other, but we imagine that we do. Yeah. And therefore we like death grip the fucking steering wheel <laughs> over here and try and, you know, but you summed oh. it up death. That's, that's why I didn't want to fill everything was because when something happened, and it very much was like I had as a military wife, like when something was going to happen. It would be easier if I felt less. And now that I look back and all those times, you know, and and Ben Ben knew this as well, because right before deployments would be our worst. Oh, of course. Because, I mean, it was like, I'm not going to sleep in the same bed. I need to like remove. No, you need to just start disengaging exactly. before you actually disengage. Exactly. Like, and, and plus his head's already over there. Exactly. Right. And so the person like you can't have a relationship with the man who he has to become in order to do that exactly. job. And I mean, this happened like whatever previous relationships in my life when I would go on big trips, be like, yeah, he's going to Alaska for six weeks, but he's going to be gone for 10. Yeah. And three of those are going to be before he leaves. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then there's also going to be the week after he gets back. Yeah. And so they like, don't, mm-hmm. yeah, talking about veterans health, they don't do that properly. You know, I mean, new prepare. climbers don't do that properly. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, they wrote about it in extreme alpinism is just like, hey, there's a psychological acclimatization period yes. where the primary relationship that you have down here in the valley before you leave is going to get fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to recognize that there is a period of like slowly disengaging. Mm-hmm. So like I can go do or Ben can go do what he needs to do 
like he he can't just immediately you know get on the plane go over there mm-hmm. you know from a loving warm embrace with you yeah um and, and suddenly because then that puts the transformation period over there mm-hmm. yes and and that'll get you killed and, and that'll get you killed yep. or, get, yeah. you, or get the guy beside you killed or and so that needs to happen beforehand and if you both as a as as partners in the relationship or in relationship recognize like oh yeah yeah you're you're getting not you're, you're going down the off-ramp right now and i'd love it if you were here a little bit longer but i also recognize the necessity of you taking that off-ramp while we are still together First half of our marriage didn't get it. Second half started to get the full picture. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and Ben talks about it being a fluidity, um, a, a, a loyalty, a fluid loyalty chain. Like you have to have. So mm. if you're standing in combat That's beautiful. at a nice. door, yeah. wow. you know it needs to now. I need to back. It, it's now family back here. Yeah, survival. You know, men mission. Whatever, whatever right. men mission or whatever it was, yeah. I can't even remember. See, I don't know. I don't know yeah. anything about this. And then, but I also the know men, that the mission and me. I think yeah, is what that's um, that's what I was looking for. Uh, Pete's book was yeah, yeah, men mission me. That's what yeah. I was looking for. Um, so Ben, and that's a difficult thing to do is to create fluidity in that loyalty chain yeah. because it almost it forces us to do something that isn't natural. Is like we prioritize the things that we love. And the things but that then are you also need to, to maintain that connection to the distant loyalty because sometimes that's what get, that's what gets you home. You yeah. ne- you never know when it may need to like fling to the front. Yeah. You know, like I'm going to survive this because. to get home of them yeah. to them. Yeah. So I mean, I remember there was one deployment where Ben missed his flight to come see me in Texas. I was doing some stuff for Mission 22, which is veteran not for profit that has a jujitsu program. It's phenomenal. I was down there doing some fundraising and Ben was supposed to meet me because he was going to Africa mm. like the next week and he missed his flight and I was livid. I mean, that was like, that was it for me. I was like, this, he's not even making an effort. Well, turns out he couldn't sleep the night before because of just deployment coming up and yeah. that 6 a.m. cheap, cheap ass flight I booked him was not like, <laughs> yeah. he, you know, slept through all his alarms and everything. And I remember that trip he left and we didn't even kiss each other in the airport. Julia, that needed to be a 10 a.m. first class I ticket know. to Texas. I know. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm like, man, um, I was like, man, why can't you make that? And then, and then I didn't talk to him for three months and he was in Africa yeah. and I just was like, well, you know, I hate to say it, but guess like, it's he, over. I, I mean, yeah, if he dies, he yeah. dies. Yeah. Like, what the hell am I going to do about it? You know, I can't. And yeah. I look back and I'm like, man, ignorance is such bliss. Because he'd call me and be like, what'd you guys do today? Um, he'd be like, well, we jumped three times and like jumped with loads this last time. And then we jumped a night jump last night. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. That's not a, like a normal like conversation to have. And I'm just like, well, okay what did you have for lunch? You know, just get like completely, just completely normal. But then sometimes there would be, you know, periods where it'd be months in between conversations. And I'm like, well, I mean, I haven't had a knock at the door. Like, what am I going to, Yeah, there's nothing I can do here other than just prepare, which is what I thought feeling less was going to help me with. Oh, we often think that we think that we're protecting ourselves from pain and suffering, but we're limiting that, Mm -hmm. that, um, full breath of life yes yeah. yeah yeah and maybe that had to change before my evolution did too you know so. yeah and well we've talked mark and i've talked about this before like you 
become who you you be you are who you have to be to survive the situation that you are in mm. and so with your tools and your experience at that point and your relationship at that point you were who you had to be to survive that yeah, yeah. i'm not a fan of a lot of her back then but <laughs> <laughs> I, like i'm not that too much of a fan of myself but i i am proud that i didn't quit yeah because even if it wasn't in the forefront of my mind that, oh, this is going to be worth it. I knew that it was worth it, like to my core. Yeah, there was something inside you, something, that, un- unconscious. Exactly. That, that knew. And I'm glad I, I, it wasn't that I didn't pay sure. attention to it. I just didn't snuff it out. Yeah. So it's like if somebody tells you that that book is red over and over again, you start to go, well, I know it's green, but is it red? Yeah. Maybe if they keep saying that. Mm-hmm. So that's the voice just Well, stayed. when I'm with them, I'll pretend it's red. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then when I'm with my other friends, we can all just secretly it's fucking green. <laughs> it's it's just green. Whoa. <laughs> um, yeah. And, uh, man, I don't know. We, Ben and I have gone through just some not normal stressors for life yeah just like not normal um you know my sister my sister died tragically like a year and a half ago and he's had to deal with that and then you know he's had some death on his family but one thing that he's dealing with more than anything now is I think he has a lot of guilt of the things that he's missed um you know, funerals and weddings and this, this and that and the other and ceremony. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. That's imp- it is an important. We we like ceremony. Yeah. We do. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, ceremony and ritual and mm-hmm. physical expressions of gathering of things. Oh yeah. You know so. And yeah, yeah, yeah. you know there those I mean those ceremonies are reference points. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And you know personal relationship but also with the world yeah i mean marking like oh there's this a uh, time stamp of uh you know the, the 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 beginning of something the end of something the the, the midway point of something whatever that is and i think it's it's really important within our own sort of psyche to have those big time um because yeah there there will there will be ones that that we miss yeah and we will miss them mm. yeah yeah and it's a means of like pulling out a part of the individual and tying it into the collective mm-hmm. you know <sighs> yeah big changes yeah big changes for us um so uh, I, there's a lot of power in me dealing with things when i say them out loud <laughs> uh because then it doesn't control me anymore um and I, I, like I said at the and, beginning. And guess what? You yeah. don't control it anymore it, it, either. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Man. it's out there. Now it has a life of its own. It does. And for like when you said two weeks ago, look, I want to really want to, I'm going to be there for George's wedding. I really want to have, I want to sit down and record a podcast. Yeah. And I want to talk about this. And I thought that's. That is that is really beautiful because it's not it's not just letting go it's launching and and letting and it, I mean, there's a practice of voice even yes like when yeah. you practice your voice like it's just such a beautiful thing and it's a vulnerable thing and it's a scary thing but when you practice your voice 
you are not only giving it to others, you're giving it to yourself, even in the vibrations that are coming out of your, like you, things are happening beyond Mm -hmm. the words through yourself because you're giving voice to the way that you have felt or seen or connected or lost. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I didn't, I had to make I had to make sure that my intentions for coming in here and mm. discussing this were pure, mm-hmm. you know, because I I know I've stressed it at the beginning and I've stressed it to Blair, is that I don't want this to be about like oh well great Julia had a sad marriage story good job no I want <laughs> no, I want it to be like <laughs> like so so sad you know poor no. Julia um <clears throat> but I I want it to be. I want people to understand that love as an expression, as a love, endurance as an expression of love is one of the most powerful things that we all have the capacity to do. Yeah. You just have to make the decision to do a hard thing. And I think there's a lot of people here. Josh even said this the other night. He was like, I know you and I know Ben, but I have no idea what you guys are together mm. because I don't know anything about you. And I'm like, oh, well, that makes sense. Because if you knew more about me, then you could probably see us together. But we do get, you know, micro fractured in like many conversations when we're here. So we're very rarely like together, together here. Yeah. Um, But it also is, it shows you that even if you don't want someone to love you unconditionally, it doesn't mean that that's a choice for the other person. Like, I love Ben unconditionally because I have to. Mm -hmm. And sometimes he didn't want that. He didn't want that type of love. I'll just hypothesize that he thought he didn't deserve it. Most definitely. Yeah, most definitely. that's common. But I, like, can't do anything but love him that way. And if people love someone like that, then that's the little inner voice that you need to not quit for. Oh, yeah. Like, that's the thing. If you're like, I can't do anything but love you like this, even when doubt creeps in, even when this and that, like, it's still, even though it gets distorted, if it comes from a place of love, it's right. Like, I struggle on how to explain right and wrong to Roland. And I came up with with this one night. Anything? Wait, wait, wait just one more time. Yeah, he's two. Yes, two. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, hours, goes, yeah. hours. I've thought about this. <laughs> so this is how I'm going to define him because once again, you can't have that, those strict guidelines on either side of thing. If it doesn't result in or come from a place of love, yeah, then it's wrong. Mm. Yeah. If it comes from those places, then it's right. So that was kind of like my gut check. So that's like a definition from experience for me. Is like constantly, whenever I wanted to stop, like, you know, I was like, oh, love's run out. I just can't even with him anymore. I can't with this. It's not worth it. It would come back to it, but it's sourced from love. So it's right Mm. to continue. Mm -hmm. So you can't truly endure something until you know why you do it and where you're going. Even if it's something as physical as like mile zero start line to finish line but it's also can be you know when i say where i'm going it's just like oh well there's a horizon and it, and it's beyond i know that where is mm-hmm. that way is that, is that mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. yeah but i don't know specifically yes i mean i'm not going to the little red farmhouse with the green book inside yeah of it, you exactly. know, or something yeah. like that i just know like, i can't stop here yeah yeah like this yeah. isn't the spot yeah <laughs> uh, yeah yeah this is not 
this is not the place to stop. And, for if, you sure. have the, and if you have the right trekking poles, you can get over yeah. that horizon. <laughs> Thanks, Forest. Mark, for bringing that yeah. up. <laughs> it's all about the tools, right? It's exactly. all about the tools, not about the effort. Exactly. Well, if the tools get you out the door. Mm. Oh, man. Like, and, and this is, I, you know, I've been editing this. Yeah. Not editing necessarily, but laying out this godforsaken book um, <laughs> that was, you know, going to come out a year ago. But, um, uh, and, and I read something that re- I guess it was day before yesterday, last time I worked on it. I don't know when I sent it. Day before yesterday, yeah. Um, I finally sent the, okay, here, I've done my job. And now the book designer, it's, it's your job, Stacy. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it was something about that of like, what is the thing? And it, yeah, if the, if the new shoes that you coveted and eventually acquired get you out the door mm-hmm. to have an experience, mm-hmm. well, then that's a cool, then that's a good, that's a cool thing. Oh, yeah. Um, it, the, the shoes aren't giving you the experience. No. They, they, but it might be that, okay, I need this, this, the trekking pole, the shoe, the thing, the whatever, like the super energy drink or the, you know, whatever, um, to, to, to have access to the, the experience mm-hmm. that I seek. Well, then it can't be judged as a bad thing ever. I mean, as if it's a material thing, which Completely. we were supposed to be above and all that shit. But, but sometimes um, it's what you need that day. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, and even yeah. we, when I was taking vitamins the other day and you like looked at me, I'm like, well, I mean, whatever. But it changes my behavior in other ways. So I, yeah. when, I'm, when yes. I'm training, I take this because it helps me throughout the day to realize that's where I'm at right now. That's the season I'm in. Yeah. 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 So the horizon, there it is. And I'm over here. and Got to keep going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lace up those fucking shoes, yeah. man. Or, or, when or it's, go barefoot, you know, whatever. Or when it's negative 20 in Montana, that's when I wear my, my brightest outfit ever to run because I'm like, eh, well, at least this will make me laugh while I'm out there. <laughs> nice. Nice. I'm wearing a clown costume. Yeah. <laughs> the lies we run. tell ourselves for our own good. Exactly. <laughs> like, I'm going to lie to myself real quick and then I'm going to believe it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <The> dummy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or sometimes we have a coach, George, who tells us a lie yeah. about ourselves yeah. and we're like, well, I'll prove you wrong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You don't know me. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But yeah. you know me way that to, Way to bring it back to the start there, Blair Speed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So, I mean, if I, I really, I really am grateful for the journey that we've had. It hasn't been a straightforward journey. It's been our journey and yeah. it's been, yeah, beautifully terrible and wonderfully horrific and all the things all together mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do say this with, I don't know how to say it and just be politically correct, but Ben chose me because he knew I was strong. Oh, yeah. He probably didn't know the reason, but something inside him said, this one will love me unconditionally. Mm -hmm. He's got a laminated piece of paper to prove it. Yeah, Yeah. from from (laughs) night one. And so as much as I hate to admit it, like sometimes that would be my fuel. I'd be like, well, he knows I can do this. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Specifically talking about love. Knows him. and believes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I was chosen for a reason. So I better live up to it kind of thing. And it's just like you said, whatever it takes during that season of your life mm-hmm. to get it through. So I've gone through so many evolutions of just. But he was chosen for a reason and he better live up to it as well. Exactly. Yeah. And hey, yes. and like if you're a military spouse, I really, really, before you decide to make that commitment, you have to understand that you are marrying whatever branch your spouse is going to be in right. as well. Like you, in essential, you essentially signed up for it as well. So 
you can't have expectations about the way that things are going to go. You're not going to have a normal life and a normal marriage. Deployments, even with no children, are disruptive enough. But when you have children involved, that's a whole nother story. Oh, yeah. And if you're going to choose that life, then you better be prepared to fight. Hmm. You better be prepared to fight for it mm-hmm. because he's he, they may be fighting there, but you're you're here fighting this and because they fight so much like sometimes they just get tired of course but like i just got started you know and like our battles have changed over time and i remember the first time that like we were going to get to a fight after ben's you know started to go down this path of healing and i was like all right yeah i got let's do it i got my gloves laced yeah i got exactly the armor i need for this and then when it started and we started to have a conversation instead, instead of, of an fight. argument and he was still in the kitchen like 30 minutes later and he looked at me and he was like, do you really think we would have been able to sit here and discuss this for 30 minutes like six months ago? And I was like, oh, no. So all that armor I had was no longer effective. Wow, I can put it in the corner and let it gather dust. Exactly. Exactly. Now. It, but it's also comforting to me to know that it's in the corner. I know that sounds weird. It's not that I think I'll ever need it again, but it's a reminder mm-hmm. that we can shed things, even armor. Mm-hmm. And just like you said, like getting ripped open, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not afraid of it anymore. And because we, we heal better and more different and yeah and then we just have the capacity to have that done over and over and over again mm-hmm. and if it's in it, it i think if you imagine if you have it in your imagination that you know the amount of feeling you have or the amount of love that you have and can feel mm-hmm. is finite <laughs> well yeah. then you're going to put that then you're going to armor yourself so that like i can dose it i can yeah. i can you know it's not the big farm spigot it's going to be the one it's going to be the water restricted savior you know because it's a drought and yeah. everybody I promise you you won't run out <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah i uh one of my favorite stories to tell which i've told both of you is um going to my friend carol's 90th birthday party <laughs> of course and carol's a small woman and she walks up onto stage and she's talking about being 90 and she said you would think at this point in my life my heart would be filled with love but I have so much room left inside for each and every one of you that are in this room and I was like oh man (laughs) oh another life lesson from Carol it just doesn't whatever room you create it just keeps expanding yeah yeah and I think Ben and I both have professions that involve death as well which is which is which is helpful. It is extremely helpful yeah. because I understand. I don't understand what it takes to take life, but I understand what it takes to fight for it when I know it's going to win. Death is going to win anyway. Yeah. And, uh, you know, being working in a hospital setting for so many years and seeing so much death, um, it, one of my reasons that I chose medicine as a profession was, his name was Dr. Brian Torgerson. And he told me, he said, whenever you have patients die, it's almost like you build an extra room to a house. Mm. You, you, know, you may not go, ever go in the room, but you're paying the electricity for it. Mm. Like you have to occasionally maintain the room, dust the room. So you, you, you walk down the hall and you ignore it, but it's still at a cost. Like you still, there's still evidence that that room exists. Mm-hmm. 
And one day I got to thinking about that. I'm like, man, I, I hope that we don't build too many rooms to where we just get spread apart, where we let the fact that both of our professions deal with life and death actually bring, rip us apart instead of bringing us together. And I don't think that's possible. Um, what to rip like, us apart or pull us together? No, that that you can that those rooms get in between. You know, they 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 get in between the person who has a relationship with death and the person who doesn't. Okay, right. right. But I, because yeah. you both do, it in 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 different ways. But you're very aware of the fragility of life yes. of, of life and how desperately people will fight for it when. Um, uh, uh, you, you know, when confronted with the possibility of losing it, mm -hmm. theirs or an, or a loved one's, mm -hmm. um, because you both have that, those rooms won't get in between you. Those rooms are they're, they're outbuildings. I've never thought about it like that. There's, you're yeah. in the room in the in the center together, and these are spokes going out from that central hub or whatever. But, mm. um, but but the the uh, what I can say from experience is that if you one a person in a relationship has a has a relationship with death and has a lot of experience with it and loss and the other person doesn't that's when those rooms get in the way that's uh, when they the, the, because the because one person can't understand they can't I, you can't walk in these shoes and I can't walk in yours because mm -hmm. I can't go back to who I was when I was Before, naive yeah I'm yeah. about it or didn't have a relationship with it and so I think having um I think it's a, it's a, it's essential for both people to be naive and have no experience, or both people to to be deeply, con, you know, connected and uh, to death and and, and hmm. the the experience of it, in order to see each other and see hmm. through each other's eyes and be able to put the shoes on. Or mm. yeah, and I never never thought about it like that, mm. but you're spot on about that because the rooms never did come between us. It yeah. just gave us it. it we just gave us common ground, I guess. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, it takes what you believe in in a marriage, too, evolves over time, depending on where you're at in your own journey. Like, yeah. I, I've got a very long list of things that I very passionately, like, believe in and agree on. But I'm willing to be wrong about a lot. And I, But I used to not willing to be wrong about anything before yeah. yeah so you were young yeah it's just i don't know how like we made it don't know how we made it um beautiful. yeah so maybe yeah i think that was beautifully said mark like maybe very much so maybe i had you know i did i tried my mindset mindset and mentality is to control all variables that can be controlled which is great i have control problems we've already established that no um, you have a certain enthusiasm for yeah, yeah. Uh, control enthusiast th yes <laughs> i'm a control enthusiast um so i i don't i don't think i think i know i don't think i know that i overthought a lot of things i am a shit slinger so whenever I sit down and try to piece together our passes, our past, to try to get a glimpse of what our future is going to look like, huh. um, I'm I'm wrong. Oops, <laughs> um, stuck that one up. Yeah. And, but I'm still charging on this path because this is the path. If I choose the path, I'm in control. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I every day is a struggle for me for a depth of absolute narcissistic and protective what I thought was protective control like it is so deeply and rooted in me because 
I think that it was part of my survival mechanism, but wasn't obviously, you know, we've determined that it wasn't the source of my survival. Right. Um, but it is a everyday struggle for me to like break those down. And mm-hmm. you know what? My life's a lot better, honestly. Oh yeah. It is. Yep. Um, when you stop trying to control everything, then you can experience everything. Yes. So if, if love won't teach you that, which it should for everyone, then go do something really hard outside for a really long time mm-hmm. without sleep. And then tell me what you can control. Or keep it floored and let go of the steering wheel. Yeah. And start asking the buddies in the car what questions. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's just like if you can't figure out how to do love as an expression of endurance just from your personal life, then practice it physically. It doesn't mean that one has to come before the other. It's not a step. It just is a different way of discovering. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, do something hard. I know there's a ton of fit people that listen to this podcast that put a lot of work in, you know, to the gym, and then they do absolutely nothing with it. And if you're a parent, I encourage you, like, let your, show your children what hard things look like so that they can have that point on the math. And also so that they know you can do hard things. Yeah. Like, I'm, I definitely am worried about the way that my son perceives me. Like the last thing that I want him to do is is to choose a wife of weakness. You know, I want to show him everything. How can you raise a strong man if you're, a, you know, a weak woman? So, like, I, I used to feel so selfish going and training, you know, like on a Saturday. So I'd get up, you know, ass crack of dawn to try to maximize my time with him. But... First off, he's spending time with his father, which is important for a child to spend a long time with their father. Yes, mothers are important, but so are fathers that early. Um, but I, I'm showing him even now that you can do hard stuff. And I want him to keep thinking that. Every picture he sees of any person running, he's like, Mama running. I'm like, he has a beard, but okay. Like, <laughs> good try. But he's like, mama running. He'll be like, mama climbing. You know, so he like already thinks this is me. And it'll yeah. be somebody running like down some ridge line in Patagonia. I'm like, okay, thanks for thinking that's mom. <laughs> but, you know, thanks. Uh, I don't know. I think Erin has, I, I don't know if it was in a podcast or just in conversation where she had, said a similar thing about, you know, she wants to show London that, yeah. that you can do these yeah. things that, um, and, and that they affect you in, in sort of beautiful, positive ways. Um, and that they, that this sort of effort is not to be shied away from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, we well, set examples t- for not only children, but you know, one another, one another. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean that I just, I hope that someone listening, if one of what six listeners, you know, two of which are Ben. And well, I. <laughs> okay, the you know, I have been. I did find that in the podcast distribution service that we uh, that we use uh-huh. to you know put this out into the world that you can look at statistics about how many oh, downloads shoot, and you can? that kind of thing is weird. I've been yeah. Whoa. And. Uh, uh, I, I've looked at that recently, and and on average, 
there are 4,000 people. Holy cow. Hey, friends. Hi, friends. So so instead, <laughs> it's not four. It's not 440. Wow. It's not 400. Apparently, it's around 4,000. Highmark was, I think, around 9,800 for the Jack Carr podcast, although the Zack Snyder podcast, despite having been relatively recently released, was up to around 8,000. And the one yeah. with um, the Blair and I did is the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, no, the next one is when we talked about the 300 thing, which obviously yeah. people will push anything sure. that has the number 300 <laughs> attached to it. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, and then, which was around 6,500. And then I think the uh, one with Blair was 6,000. Like it's, it, the, mm-hmm. you know, it. when there are meaningful conversations, more people listen. Yeah. Oh, and, and, and more when people it's listen. Michael and I talking shit. And more people share it because, <laughs> hey, this moved me. I connected with this. Or they think about people that they love in their own lives mm-hmm. that have faced similar difficulties or challenges. Yeah. Hey, I thought that you might enjoy listening to this or this might be meaningful to you. Yeah. And so people organically share it in that type of way. And I, it, it holds a different value. I hope that f- some people find that it has value. But the value that it holds for me is it, it, I think it's it's important to let me think of how to word this. I think that people here value it because it is what makes us show up together every time. Yeah. So if it has value here, which all of you make me feel like it does have value, then hopefully it may have value somewhere else. Oh, guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah, completely. And I think part of the part of the part of the value for I mean certainly for for me for this conversation is watching you like okay, <laughs> time to like to 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 arrive at a point of wanting to have the conversation and then having the courage to actually courage. do it and, yeah, to, uh, and it, to open and because now it's, it's too late now oh it's way too late yeah no it's, <laughs> it's out there it does it helps me to put it in spoken word um yeah. it does so and that's the practice we practice speaking it we practice being courageous we practice being vulnerable mm-hmm. we're not great at it immediately that's like well, yeah uh, we have to practice yeah and this is another practice of that and when we practice we give others uh a little bit of our strength and then they can practice within their own lives or they realize they're not alone in this process. Yeah. And you know what we have to practice now? Tell me. We need to practice fellowship mm. at a ceremony. Yeah, we yeah. do. And we need to get ready for that. Yeah, we, we do. do. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Although we could go further we could, and we fuck could. you, you should go further. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right now we're going to sh- we're going to shut it down and go further elsewhere. Yeah. Well, thanks for letting me come and come and share. Oh man, thanks for um, being you. Yeah. Maybe. Well, oh, Blair, I love you so much. I think. Uh, I think maybe another time too. We should have uh, next symposium. Ben and I are going to come as a unit. Yeah. We're going to do symposium <laughs> as a unit. I just unit. pictured you guys as conjoint twins. Yes. yes. Well, when we when you do come, we'll put you both in the love oh, seat over there. With I would microphones love to hear his perspective of it. He actually didn't want to sit in for this podcast because he, okay. because I don't think I've ever sat down and explained this from my perspective to him. Sure. Um and but his take may be completely different. Just like, you know, my race was one thing and right. then the people who were in there with me write something different. Right. Yeah. And it adds to all it does is complete the story. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, I'd be interested. I mean, it's always going to be a different perspective, even in close relationship, even mm-hmm. in, even in marriage oh, yes. or a climbing partnership or whatever. Because yes. I'd write about shit in the mountains and people like Jeff Lowe would go like, man, 
He was on a totally different route than me, and we were never more than 50 meters apart. Well, we're, and we're like looking out through these two eyes, right? Yeah. So my whole experience is like seeing y'all, but y'all yeah. are seeing me. Yep. I'm like, that must be weird. <laughs> exactly. Sitting in Michael's chair over there. Hey, Michael. <laughs> she looks so classy sitting in that chair. Yeah. yeah. Well, All right, let's you. go celebrate um, union and love and other. Endurance. And, and endurance. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Julia, but, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. And Blair, thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Blair.